You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, yeah, sports to the max. P.J. Atherton's got an interesting job. He grew up playing hockey, Medina, Gophers. He could put pick, uh, puck on a stick, baby, let me tell you. He can make something happen. And he still is in a different way. He evaluates uh, tape for guys and says, this is what I see, this is what I do. It's a really interesting, intricate program that he's got that it keeps him associated with the game. And he joins us now. PJ, you staying warm? Maxie, I'm working on it, buddy. Oh, it's yeah. not easy out there, but we're doing our best. Explain better than I can what I just said about you. How, <laughs> how, do, you, how do you go? You, you do really it's, it's self-scouting, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting thing to, to describe, but basically I'm a performance coach or performance consultant for individual players, uh, mostly for guys that play in the NHL. And, and it's, a, it's a fancy way of saying I watch guys play, I send them feedback on how they're doing, I try to help them identify areas where they could be better, I try to help them understand the ways that they're having success and why they're having success, and you know, ultimately try to make them, uh, help them find their best performance night in and night out, which is a difficult thing to do in the National Hockey League. Because even at that level, they might not realize why things are going well or not going well, huh? Right. You know, a lot of these guys for a long time have been the best player in any given situation. And so many of the things that they did, regardless if they were good habits or maybe not so great habits, it happened to work for them at one point. And now you get into the, into the NHL where the talent pool is so elite and the players are so close together in skill level. You really need to find new and innovative ways to try to, whether it be um, create offense or, you know, stop some of these really talented offensive players. You really have to be doing things in, in a very precise way, and, and there's not really a lot of room for error. Like, give me an example of a defenseman that you would watch, and, and let's just say that that uh, yeah, his job is to be shut down and and elite players, and and they're coming at it. What, what are you looking for in a defenseman to say? Okay, here's what you don't see, or uh, if if you start a little bit earlier going back, you can pick him up later. And mm-hmm. I mean, what are you what are you doing? Right. So, so basically, you know, I look at the game in terms of uh, a strategy and a model of gameplay. So if we talk about playing defense, the, the number one thing we want to try to do is limit access to dangerous ice, right? So I don't want to let the forwards bring the pucks from the outside of the rink, which is a relatively safe place for them to possess it, to the inside of the rink where they have a chance to score. So I'm going to try to help them look for tactics to how they can do that better. Like you said, can they get up tighter? Can they get into the offensive zone more and use their forward skating to direct players and not allow them to have access to the dangerous points of the ice? So can they keep them on the outside? And then once they have them on the outside, 
can they take away the space, dispossess them of the puck, and then what once they get the puck, how can they get the puck back to their teammates and go back the other direction? Along the lines of what you were talking about earlier, I, I had one hockey person say, um, uh, we were watching summer hockey one day, and it was you know, some of the top players in the state that uh, had the beauty league in that area, and, and, and mm-hmm. he said to be on he says, some guys just don't realize they don't like hockey. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> He said, he said, some guys, to your point, they've always been good enough to get by. And, uh, and they like the, the money and they, and, and they like what comes from it. Uh, but they're really not that interested, uh, once the talent has caught up with them in, in, in fighting back and counterpunching to work to get there because they really don't love hockey the way you have to love hockey to be good. I know you've met a lot of hockey players. Can you expand on that a little bit? Do you see that from time to time where they go, Hey man, I, this has always worked for me, and if it doesn't, well, so be it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the way that I would put it, rather than them not liking hockey, because I mean, let's face it, hockey's a game. Like it's fun. It's something we've done as as little kids. There's a lot of number one. There's a lot of extra things that go along with playing in the NHL. A lot of things you have to do and sacrifices you have to make. And and along with that, there's also a lot of mental strain, mental, mental pain, you know, challenges that are uncomfortable. Um, you know, the, the maybe guys don't like that part. They're, they're not particularly fond of the anxiety that may come from, and I, am I going to be in the lineup? Am I not going to be in the lineup? Sure. Even, even the anxiety that comes with, I make X amount of million dollars, and that comes with pressure that everyone's looking at me to perform, and if I don't, they start criticizing me and saying I'm not worth it, and that's a whole different thing than getting to play hockey and enjoying it and just collecting money. Um, I would say most of the guys love hockey, but not all of them find it worth it to deal with that level of kind of mental stress all the time, and and it's hard. Now, now uh, PJ Atherton is our guest. He, he breaks down for for particular clients uh, uh, their video to, to see what they see. Are are you surprised often at, at what a guy thinks he did well or didn't do well, and where he's wrong? In other words, he thinks I, I had three good shifts and he didn't, or vice versa. He goes, "I was awful," and you look at the videotape and say. No, you were actually pretty good. You're not. You're selling yourself short. You didn't see why things have. Does that happen often? It, it does. It, it, and I, what I find most often is guys are a little bit harder on themselves than than maybe they should be. Um, you know, it's it's a results based business, and so if guys that are expected to score don't score, they can they can get down on themselves. I, I recently did a breakdown for a client that hadn't scored in a couple games and but but prior to that he hadn't scored in like three games but prior to that he had a goal in like four games and and so and he wanted me to do a breakdown hey can you see what's going on for me like i, I just don't feel like myself so on and so forth and i watched the, the video and i was kind of like well you played pretty darn well you didn't get some bounces here you did some really good things that we've talked about you're in the right positions you didn't get some pucks so these guys can can they expect a lot out of themselves and, and when it doesn't happen, it can kind of, you know, the negativity bias, right? They're going to remember the bad things that happened during a game more than they're going to remember the good plays that happened that maybe didn't go in for that. Okay. So it, it, it's a pretty common thing. Yeah. So, so along those lines, 
are, are the champions the ones that remember the bad things and just and that drives them? Are the champions the ones that can draw upon the good things and say, you know what, that shot didn't go in, but I did everything I was supposed to do at the right time? I mean, which one is it? Do, do you do you find that there, you know, there's a there's a the the the, uh, the elite thrive on what kind of the negative thought where they never think they're good enough, or is it the guy that says I'm always good enough? It's just a question whether the puck's going in. I, I think it's the latter. My, my belief is, is it really is the guys that are truly elite are going back to the things that they know will work. And if they make a mistake, if they do something wrong, they know that they're one step closer to, to that puck going in. So even if, you know, and you see it, you see it all the time with, with the guys that have, you know, the opportunity in the NHL, if they do make a mistake, they're going to go right back to doing the same thing because they know that play was right. And so they have a very short memory. They believe in themselves and uh, they're just going to keep going back to the well over and over and over again until they get that puck to go in the back of the net. What about when, when a player comes to you and says, you know, he's in that scoring slump you're just talking about and you're looking at the tape going, well, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You, you know, you've had fewer power plays. You, you know, you can break it down and show them. And, and, and he's going, yeah, but the coach said, hey, man, this is up to you to create some opportunities. you got to figure it out. Does that ever happen where you need to be a bit of a counselor? And, and, and sometimes it can be even in conflict with what the coach is saying because the coach is just saying, you got to get it going. Yeah, you know, I am, I am definitely, I view my role as, not only to analyze the game film, but to, to treat these guys as full human beings that have lives away from hockey, that, that have wives and kids, that have a whole other, you know, experience of life. And it's my, it's my job to, to help them in every aspect of their life so they can bring that really, really, really peak performance all the time. Now, in terms of what their coaching staff is telling them, it's, it's my belief that I don't, it is not my position to get in conflict with my players in terms of what the coaching staff is saying, because that puts in their mind, well, geez, one guy's telling me one thing, DJ is telling me another thing, and that creates conflict in their mind, and hockey happens too fast for there to be conflict, so I try to stay out of that because I I don't particularly care whose idea it was that led to my players having success. I just want them to have success. So whether it's the coaching staff's idea or my idea, it doesn't particularly matter to me. And I don't think it's particularly helpful for me to start getting in their mind that, that I'm some sort of superior guru and that they shouldn't listen to anybody else. I don't think that's particularly effective. So I try to keep their minds clear, help them understand maybe what the coaching staff means when they're saying certain things, let them vent perhaps if they feel frustrated about something, um, but ultimately try to keep their minds clear on what they want to accomplish. And PJ, learning how to study videotape is an art by itself. And, and you know, it probably doesn't do a lot of good in any sport uh, until they get to be, I don't know, eighth, ninth grade, where, where you can really explain it and, and they can have aha moments where the light goes off, where, where where the coach says, do you see why this was, you know, in basketball, a bad shot? You didn't realize you were three feet beyond your range. But when I show it to you on videotape, we can clean this up in about five seconds. But but there's an art to learning how to study videotape. What, what, what when, when a kid sits down to look at himself, and let's say you're not there. Uh, and I'm, I'm not talking about just the pros, but I'm talking about younger people that are trying to yeah, figure out sure. how to do this. What do you tell them about how to go about extracting the right information and getting better from it? 
What I would really, really emphasize to people is, to, to players, to younger players, is they have to create clarity for themselves. So they really, really need to look at and understand who am I as a player and what you know assets do I have that can give me an advantage during the game. So if you're really clear on who you are, you can look at your performance in terms of what was successful or not successful for me. And what do I need to do differently in this particular situation that may not have worked? How could I make it different? It doesn't help me to, to go look at Connor McDavid do some sort of move where he pulls the puck between his legs and then think that I'm going to go practice that move. Yeah. I have to know what type of player that I am in the game and how I can affect these different situations and what's creating success for me when I am having success. Why? Why am I having success? Or if I'm not, Okay, well, what can I do? What can I change and modify in order, you, you know, to, to, to make it better? So I really have to understand who I am. And then I kind of really have to take a look at the scenarios of the game and, and what creates success in general. What's a model that I can follow for, for how to create success for my particular position? So when you say get clear, you mean get clear about what, what, what the team expects of you? I mean, if you're on the penalty kill, yeah, and, and, and then judge yourself against what the team expects of you, not just the Conor McDavid move, but, but what, are they, what have they asked you to do, and, and where are you falling short or exceeding sometimes, huh? For, for sure, and that, that, that is a component of it. And, you know, for a lot of young players that are still in a development phase of, of where they are, right? Like a kid that's 15 years old playing high school hockey is in a complete development phase of their game. So it's, he, he's not a piece of a Stanley Cup winning team, right? He, he's not in a performance phase. So I would look at, okay, what is the team asking me to do and how do I fit into that? But how can I expand that? How can I push the limits and do more? What's going to work for me as I try to go to the next level? How can I find the best part of my game that maybe will take me a little bit farther if that's something that I want to do? I think, I think we get caught up here, especially kind of in Minnesota, of feeling like our performance in these younger ages is a little bit more important than it really is. You know, a a high school hockey team, as amazing as it is to go to the state tournament and as awesome as an experience as that is, are still a bunch of kids playing a game, not a bunch of men trying to win the Stanley cup that get paid millions of dollars. And there's just different, a different lens to look at that through and kids should be trying to learn how to become the best versions of themselves both on and off the rink and, and not quite as focused on the outcomes of the games or doing their job as a fourth line player to, to not try anything and just throw pucks away and, and hit people. And, hmm. and so I, I think it, it's different in, in that way, in, in my opinion. Last question. I was talking to Brad Childress about this as pertaining to the NFL, and then we were talking about drafting. And he said, you know, uh, the best of the best look at them, they analyze them, they, they, they give you the stats, the combines, all that, and they still hit about 500, 50 50 about on, on first round picks in the NFL. And probably the same in the NHL. I don't know what the numbers would be. But if you were to say, what would be the one is there a, is there a constant or a defining reason because obviously these people are filled with potential and talent when they get drafted in the first round what's the difference in general between the person that realizes it and does it or is it just a mistake in scouting i think that the difference is adaptability 
you know, the players that have the opportunity to change and adapt to their environment, whether that's going up to a new level and now having to try some different things, or whether that's playing a different team that maybe someone's shadowing them or, or what, whatever it may be. But the, the really, really elite players adapt to these different things and these different scenarios. They adapt to different moments in the game, and they're not predictable. And I think that would, you know, for me, be one of the, the, the biggest indicators of, of who's going to have success. PJ, really good to talk to you again. I, I, good to hear you're feeling well. Keep evaluating those guys. Well, well, once we get to the playoffs, we'll, we'll hone in on this stuff and break it down a little more. That'd be great. I'd love to chat again, Max. Thanks so much. You bet. PJ Atherton breaking it down on videotape. Whoa, that's a lot to look at, isn't it? And it's amazing sometimes how the light bulb goes off with someone when they look at the videotape. I mean, I've, been, I've lived the world, lived my life under videotape. In high school, we do the games, we have to look at the film and whatnot. And then I get into TV, radio, and you're looking at the videotape, you're listening to the audio tape, you're doing air checks, etc., etc. And yet I'm amazed sometimes at how many bad habits I can be in without realizing it. And then somebody shows it again, tape it, you go, are you serious? I, I've been doing that for how long? And I, I didn't even realize it, you know? And, uh, you know, and, and thinking that I can overcompensate just because I'm a funny person by nature. And, and, and a sharp-witted line will, will nullify everything. And many times that works. Take a break, come back, think about that. Bum, 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 oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We can rock until the dawn. Bum, 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 bum. Sports to the max is on the air. We'll talk more high school hockey around the corner. Minnesota Vikings make a move. Queasy Adolfo Mensa is the new general manager. What will he do next? And let me just tell you something, folks. I talk to a lot of people about a lot of stuff every day. Conversations you'll never hear repeated. Things, information that I would never extract and bring into the public airwaves. Things I know about public figures and people that I'd never share. I'll take it to my grave. It's part of being a, a reporter. But he has got a difficult job. And it's not just getting a head coach. they got to get the players buy-in with that head coach. He's got to prove to the players that they can put their trust in him. You don't get to just be the boss. And then he's got to figure out who else out there needs to be replaced or not. Or maybe in some cases, some people that are employees right now need to be elevated. I don't envy that at all. Because knowing what I know, and I talk to a lot of people, there's lots of stuff that he's got to consider that he may or may not even know about right now. That's all I'm saying right now. More to come in the upcoming episodes of Sports to the Max. We come back, Bill Lechner. How has hockey season gone this year? I, I, I don't know if you remember this, but Hill Murray was the number two seed going into the state tournament, and then they had a report of COVID, and they didn't get to play in the tournament. They got shut down. And um, that was a tough pill to swallow, even though it was so much different last year. What did they learn, and how have they bounced back from that, and how is it different when we come back with the veteran Lechner? Stay with us. Hill Murray had a uh, great season going last year, and it was thwarted like so many, and the kids didn't get to play in the state tournament because of a COVID 
situation, uh, somewhat controversial, but they didn't get to play, and they had a chance to win a state championship or at least compete for one. Now this year they're back. They've got a very good team again. Who knows what the section tournaments, etc., hold? But it's always interesting to get the veteran perspective of their head coach, Bill Lecter. Bill, thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, thank you, Mike. You know, put into words as you've had a chance to digest last year and all that you went through just to play games and the way that it ended. If you're, if, if that had a chapter in your book, how how would last year read in general? Oh boy. Uh... Confusing, challenging, yeah. humbling, uh, all the above, all the adjectives, I guess. Yeah. Was it um, was it difficult for kids to play in front of minimal crowds, or, or were they just so thankful to play that they, they didn't care? I think a combination. I think it was a little bit of a challenge. They got used to it, if there is such a thing, they get used to that, because uh, to be, be blunt, it was 114 people. You know, you could divide up between the two teams. So. Yeah. You know, and you can say all the right things about play between the glass and the old paint tents in the crowd, but they want their friends, their you know, their student teammates and everybody and families there. So it was challenging, but, you know, it was the same for everybody. So it's like, but you, you're positive because you get to play. You know, they wanted to play. How about at school? You know, every kid goes through different things with this whole virus, and 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 uh, you're an educator too, and and I know you're not there on the on the daily basis like like you you once were, but you get concerned about your kids that are now, you know, some of them that were were sophomores when this first hit. They've had three school years severely disrupted by it, and you read the tea leaves on on these kids as people, not just as hockey players. What concerns you the most about what they were robbed of or what endangers? them in terms of you know isolation or, or, or you know just a lack of normalcy that they've had yeah that, that's a great point mike um you know and, and you hate to say it's it's becoming normal for them yeah but they, they've had they've been hit pretty hard with this group this age group you know everybody i mean everybody's been kind of hit differently so um you know you, i don't think you can dwell on it negatively because it would just drag us all down so you just try and make a positive every day out of it or just you know if you can just kind of ignore it and try and live your normal life and live your normal practices and your school days. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a stupid maybe analogy, but it's kind of like game face or positive, you yep. know, don't get, and we all got to, you know, we're all in it together. So try and, you know, I hear you talk about it all the time. Just try and make the best positive of can of every day and be grateful that you got something going. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, it's easier said, you know, they've missed proms, they've missed homecoming dances, they've missed a lot of things. And I almost am hesitant to tell them because you don't want them to feel sorry for themselves. So, so you, so you want to come down and, and empathize with them. And yeah. at the same time, you don't want them dwelling on the fact that, Hey, I, I didn't get to have a prom or my graduation right. was, you know, <laughs> we, we did it virtual. I mean, and that kind of stuff, you, you don't want to go there with them because you don't want them to think about it. Yeah, yeah, but it's there, you yep. know, I mean, you have to, and then some kids, you know, they want to talk about it a little bit or be addressed a little bit to it, but again, you just try and, you try and, you know, us adults and role models and teachers and educators and coaches need to, you know, try and do our best to, to make those kids feel like everything's okay and the world is good, and, you know, even though it might not be, it's like, when we get together, it's like, you know what, you guys, we're all in this together, let's go have fun today or let's work hard today. You know, and we all have stuff in our lives, but, um, you know, let's do our best to make, the, you know, a good day. You've had a good season so far, not that anybody's surprised by that in January if Hill Murray's talking about having a good season, but but has it has it felt a little bit better this year, and, and, and what has this season been like for you? Yeah, um, well, it's still a challenge, you know, and, and you have the, you know, the sicknesses in the COVID world that's going on, 
And, you know, there's, you know, you're going to have, and all the teams have it, so it's not just for us or whatever, the good or the bad. But, you know, even the common colds and all that, so there seems to be this sickness and, you know, you never, you kind of go day to day, we kind of tease. It's like, okay, do we have, you know, how many guys do we have? What's our lineup? You know, I'm working on tomorrow's game right now and you're hoping that everybody is ready for tomorrow. And so, yeah, it's a little bit of a challenge, but everybody's in the same boat and, you know, knock on wood, we've been kind of getting through it and, you know, we've had games with, you know, normally in a normal team at varsity, you have 12 forwards and 6D and two goalies. And we've had games where we've had eight forwards and 4D, you know, and, and one goalie. So it's it's what it is. Well, they better be in good shape, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. You said you wanted ice time. I'm giving you ice time, huh? They're getting ice time. Yeah, go home and tell your parents you're playing too much. <laughs> now, now uh, you know, Andover's the number one ranked team in the state. You guys are not far behind. What I'm seeing here, correct me if I'm wrong, it, it looks like a pretty balanced, I, I don't see anybody that, that that's a runaway freight train here. I, I see a lot of pretty darn good teams in, in the state. Is that is that it? Yeah, I think you're right on. I mean, if you look maybe the top 10, 12, 15, 14 teams that you see, you know, kind of being ranked by everybody and everybody has a different opinion. But if you look, we all have two, three losses or so, and they're all like, you know, they all lost to each other. You know, mm-hmm. um, it just varies. You know, at Christmas we went overtime with Andover, who's right now I think no rated one and, you know, lost an overtime to them. And then, you know, they'll lose the next day to somebody that we just beat the day before. Sure. You know, it's going around. So I think there's a lot of very high-level teams, and they all have some strengths, and they all have moments. And they're also high school kids, you know, so you have that variance. Bill Lechner's our guest. But, Bill, one of the things that's been evolved over the years that's been great, and I don't know if it's because they, they expanded your schedule so you can play some more games, but it's the same in basketball. It's, you know, it used to kind of be you'd play your conference, and you didn't go too much, too far outside your comfort zone. And now you get the feeling that everybody is like, hey, bring it on. Let, let's just play the best schedule we can. I, I don't care if we end up 14-9 and nine going into the sections or 21-2. and two. Uh, We're going to find out who we are. Is that one of the things that's manifested itself in in uh, in high school sports, at least amongst the top yeah. programs? I think you're right on there, too. Um, obviously, you know, and I'm going back a long time ago, back when we started, you know, 40-some years ago, but hmm. you played within your conference, you had less games, and now, like, even amongst the conferences, you might play a team once or you might play them twice, you know, depending on the levels and quality, and so respectfully to everybody. And so and then they had, you know, up the games to 25, so you can at least – so you know we ha- like we can have a majority of our season is against non-conference high level, um, and we all seem to play each other once or twice. And you know, and and I I do feel bad on programs that are trying to be up and comings, and they want to play higher level teams, and that, super respect that. So it's it's a fine line trying to be nice and help everybody, but yet you have to help yourself to you know be you know game ready and and you know be battle tested by the time section comes. Yep. Yeah, you got to figure it out. Hey, Bill, thank you so much. Good luck tomorrow night. I know that's a big one for you, but thanks so much. I always enjoy visiting with you about all of the above. Well, thanks for all you do, Mike, and all you guys. So take care. Stay safe. Yeah, you too. Bill Lechner, one of the all-time great uh, coaches and good guys, uh, Hill Murray High School head uh, hockey coach. When we come back, Tubbsy will break down where the Vikings go next. Stay with us. All right, Tubbsy, we got the GM in place. I'm having a tough time trying to figure out who would be the best person to lead the Vikings football mm-hmm. team as a head coach. We know who they've interviewed. It'll come from that pool. I don't think there's going to be an outsider 
coming in. I don't think that this guy has the, you know, he doesn't have enough uh, street cred yet to say, well, I got somebody that you haven't interviewed yet that you should bring in because he's not a high power guy like that. He's a you know, first opportunity to be a GM guy. So you got to look at that list and say it, it will come from there. Uh, uh, knowing what you know now, and what we've learned uh, uh, about Adolfo Mensa, uh, what do you think? I think you you give. Uh, what, do, what do you think he thinks? I think you go with somebody who's got a, a previous relationship, and I mean, D'Amico Ryan's is the first guy that, that pops out, and I, you know, he's the guy that I mentioned to you last night, Maxie. Just you, you look at his body of work over the last couple of years, and, and I, I'm not big on the whole recycle. Old head coach, uh, if you're going to go that route, I do like Raheem Morris because I think he's got versatility. And, and I mean, the way that, that Jalen Ramsey talked about him and just really praised him up, I, I, I'm i not concerned, you know, getting into a box offensive, defensive guy. To me, I, I just want the guy that's going to be the great leader, and then you can delegate underneath there. Okay, so, so to you that is who? I, I like D'Amico Ryans or, or Raheem Morris. I know I O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator, I, I like him again. I just don't know enough about him. Yeah, he's young. He's young. played a little bit in the league. Yeah. Young, big guy, quarterback, uh, understands it that way. Yeah. And, and obviously you need to figure out, you know, can they control a locker room? Can they run a locker room? Can they can they garner the respect of Kirk Cousins and Delvin Cook and uh, Daniel Hunter and Eric Kendricks? Well, and and that's where I think D'Amico Ryan he, he checks those boxes because he's young. I mean, he just finished playing just a few years ago, so I mean, he's still. You know what else? He was a walk on at Alabama, so so he had to prove himself. You know, they didn't hand him anything. Yeah, I, I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that's relatable and you know, the Vikings went so far out of the box with this hire and, and I, I love it I, I love swinging for the fences and doing something that they haven't done because as you know Chuck Foreman mentioned this is kind of the the way that things are going I mean Theo Epstein nobody ever heard of you know Theo Epstein and he allegedly I guess he you know built a pretty good team in Boston he was an, uh, an analytics guy when he was coming up with but the Padres. before him was Billy Bean who yep. was actually a Money. player absolutely yeah he combined kind of the both uh, the understanding the player and the analytics and has made Oakland competitive when they should never be competitive I, I see I think this is a high risk hire I do I think it's high risk I think it could be the flopper rule it's it's high risk or it's high reward I mean I I, yeah, I don't I, know how high the reward gets though that's what I'm saying but I mean I, I'm not. I kind of got burnt out on the whole scouting thing because I, I think the the whole the way that things were structured with the Vikings and the personnel it, it it ran its course and and I feel like if you're really going to you know if, if you want to take that next step if you're the Vikings you have to be a little gutsy. Yeah, don't play it safe. And I'm I am perfectly fine with them not playing it safe because safe you know it's safe is. Safe is conservative, and safe gets you into the playoffs. Safe doesn't, I don't feel that elevates you into the next tier where you want to be. I want to know, though, was this guy in the draft room? Was he influential in who they signed? Was he just there? Uh, was he just providing information? Mm-hmm. I, I want to know this stuff before I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, everybody's that, that put a resume together for the, the uh, general manager job would say, was there when, you know, Patrick Mahomes was taken? Well, that doesn't mean oh, you, sure. you might have found out about it on ESPN. You yeah. might not have had one word to say about that. You were just there. You yeah, know and, and, may, and maybe that's part of the vetting process. Maybe that was something that 
you know, everybody talk to him about. Cause I'm I ne- guess this is what I'm yeah. saying. I hope uh-huh. that this isn't a comfort hire, meaning that you did it by committee. That means you've got a lot at stake. Your future is riding on this guy, and you want it to be somebody that likes you. And I worry a little bit about that, that you hire somebody because you go, hey, man, he's going he's gonna to look at me and say, hey, you're responsible for me being here. Therefore, I have to be collaborative with you as opposed to we're going to hire the rock star. Yeah, see, and he, I, and he yeah. doesn't even care what I think of him because he's going to do it right. Yeah, I, I don't even I, I don't look at this as being a comfort hire a, at all. I, I you know, I, I look at this as you're trying to. You're, you're trying to adjust to the way that the NFL is going and a lot of these, you know, personnel jobs and, and the way that everybody's kind of breaking down that information. I, I yeah, I, I don't look at this as being anything safe at all. I, I, I look at this as, you know, this is somebody that I don't mean safe in results. I mean, comfortable <laughs> in that you, you as an employee get what you want. Well, I mean, what is it that they would want, though? They, they'd want somebody that can secure their longevity as an employee. Well, what what do you have to do to do that though? I mean, you, you've got to hire somebody that's going to give you the results because ultimately, if if it doesn't work, and yeah, I mean, the, the individuals that you know headed that search committee that you know made the you know that were stumping for them, they're going to have to be the ones that are accountable if this ends up. Yeah, I just I don't know how the dynamics work though, and that you kind of hired your boss, you know. Well, and, and I mean that's that's one thing. Yeah, and we'll have to wait and see how that thing is is going to turn out. But I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic because, again, I, I I feel like I just got so worn out and so just exhausted with the way that things were. And, and I mean, I'm just talking from a fan standpoint. I'm not talking about any of the you know. Yeah, the, you don't the, you don't talk to the same people I talk to. Yeah, about. no, 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 no. And I'm and I'm not claiming that at all. I mean, I'm not part of that inner circle. I, I'm you know just kind of out here, just kind of hanging out. Okay, so. I, I like Big Ten basketball in general, but I, mm-hmm. you know they, I've lost a little of my I don't know over the years it's been one of those things that I, I used to like it a lot more. Maybe because the Gophers have been just you know borderline competitive. I think they've won two NCAA games in twenty five years. That'll do it to you, right? If, yeah. If you're sucking in, but tonight Indiana's beating Penn State forty nine to twenty just into the second half. I think it was forty five to fifteen or something like that at the half. That's pretty hard to hold your attention. Yeah, you get games like that, and and you just wonder the haves and have nots. And, and how, how does that? The game before that, Michigan Northwestern was a really good game. Michigan won it at the end, uh, but um, I mean, really? So, yeah, so, I mean, sometimes there, you know, teams. I guess it's just not a basketball school anymore. Well, and and, and they're not bad this year. I mean, they're they're uh, five hundred team. Indiana's pretty good. Uh, uh, Trace Thompson, Daryl Thompson's son, has been outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Provis, who, who does our games, of course, on CCO on TV. Did you know he's sporting a beard now? I I have not seen him with with. No, he's hair. doing the game tonight, and he's he's got the and, and I, I I might add some gray whiskers in there. Really? Yeah. Ah, uh, see now, you, you, do we got to talk to him and get him like some just for men? I mean, yeah. I mean, you you can't be representing the state with a gray beard. Well, on, he's representing on TV. us, the station. You I mean, know? you can't you, you can't be representing us well, with a gray WCC beard on national been, TV. Been accused of being so gray haired oriented. Uh, I, I know. That, hey, right? you know that's not the demographic we're looking no, to reach. No, not that we don't welcome it, but what, you know, there's no reason you couldn't put a little something in right. there. Right? I, I I mean, you got you got to prepare yourself. Okay. I mean, you, 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 would, you wouldn't go like that, right? I mean, you, you wouldn't go on CCO no, TV. I'm so lucky I don't need hair color, yeah. Yeah. 
It's natural. Uh, All natural, Max. Uh, 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 you know what's going to be fun, though? The next two nights gold, at Golden State at Phoenix mm-hmm. for the Wolves. I mean, two, maybe the two best teams in the NBA. Yeah, Last night, I, I thought, was just gritty and good basketball entertaining it was a great win for them because number one i mean you know portland you're kind of jumbled up with a bunch of teams in the western conference and portland is one of those teams that they're going to catch fire i mean you know they get dame back they get cj mccollum i i love those two guys in the backcourt oh they fun when they when they got it going they're fun yeah and and, i mean considering yeah you've got golden state you've got phoenix you got utah that was a game that you had to have and and yes you you couldn't lose that one. nope otherwise you're on ski roll real quick right yeah yeah so i i you know you're gonna you're gonna punch up a weight division and that's and that's great let's let's see what these guys have i mean ant's got a little bit of you know he's kind of the cock of the walk right now so let's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's you know but he's he's just i get a kick out of him you know? oh i i love it i love the moxie yeah i mean i don't think he's trying to go insult anybody he just is who he is. You know? I, I, we need that though. This yeah. this franchise needed somebody. Need something. Like that. Yeah. Need some spice, right? That's right. All right, Tubbsy. Good job as always. We'll talk again soon. Steve Thompson's in for me tomorrow night. Okay. You got him, Maxie. Right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 